to the studios of Christ Church. Matt Kresge is our sound engineer. I'm here also with David Keefe and Kitty Kresge. Uh, my name's Paul Kemp. As we continue in uh, day 205 of Shaped by the Word, season two, the drama of Scripture. Uh, we find Israel you know, as a failed nation. Adam and Eve were failed representatives of God. Uh, Israel is, is uh, a new Adam in many ways, uh, the representative of God for all of earth. And, and they have failed, and they are in exile. But, but God has not failed his people. He is faithful uh, to those who, who remain faithful to him, even in exile. And in exile, he is promising uh, you know, something far greater than the return of his people. Uh, there's a second exodus that's kind of looming in, in the background in which God will uh, gather his people and redeem his people and bring them into an everlasting kingdom. So we got a glimpse of that uh, yesterday. So we move from one image to another, an image uh, you know that uh, uh, represented the kingdoms of the earth, and now we uh, have Nebuchadnezzar erecting an image of himself. So we come to uh, Daniel chapter 3, and one of the familiar stories we have from Sunday school, but there's so much more here than uh, what we learned in Sunday school. So before we read, uh, Katie, do you mind uh, offering this moment to the Lord for us? Sounds good. Father, thank you that you meet us where we are. Thank you for your word and, and all the ways that you've provided for us, um, that you have not abandoned us, um, but you have walked with us. You've chosen to be with your people. And God, we see a picture of that um, today in this passage and um, such an encouraging picture. And, um, and so God, would you, would you use it to, to shape us? Would you use it to encourage us, um, to convict us and, um, to transform us ultimately into the image of your son. And um, we praise you and, and we thank you for what you are doing. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. In Daniel chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the, summoned the satraps, the prefects, uh, the governors, the advisors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the advisors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, Nations and people of every language, this is what you're commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, and all kinds of music, all the nations and people of every language fell down and worshiped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold, and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set up over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, 
that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I have set up. Now when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, if you're ready to fall down and worship the image I've made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you'll be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in the army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing fire. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took, took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Knezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men uh, that we tied up and threw into the furnace? They replied, Certainly, Your Majesty. He said, Look, I see four men walking around the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, perfects, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their heads sins. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other god can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. I love the lyrical nature of this passage uh, where you have the governors, the prefects, the satraps, <laughs> and all the other, and then you have the flute and the lyre and the horn. And the, but, I want the zither on Sunday, yeah, that's what I was yeah, thinking. Uh, yeah. How many musicians do you think that involved <laughs> with, with all of those? Yeah, I have no that's idea. That's more, uh, more than we have stage room for here yes, you know, at, at Christ Church. So we'll just stick to guitar and drums and <laughs> violin and keyboards. <laughs> this is a good passage. I mean, you're you're right at the very beginning you said you know, this is one of those ones we remember from Sunday school but it's so much more than that you know and, and you have to love their response when you know they say we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter you know our God will rescue us from your hand but even if he mm -hmm. doesn't you know we're, we, we will not worship the gods that you've set up before us and just a, a great confidence we, we've seen it I mean we, we've encountered it that God is sovereign over the king in this moment but there is no promise that God will deliver them in this moment and so they trust that you know that God is sovereign yeah. over all things, but yeah. even if they don't, they will continue. You know, even if He doesn't rescue them, they will continue to worship Him. And, and of course, this is the stance we we, we take in the difficult moments of our life. Yeah, we know our God can heal. We know our God can rescue. We know our God can move in in, in mighty ways. But it, we're not dependent on you know seeing Him come through the way that we want Him to come through. We we just know He is God, and so we trust Him 
whatever the outcome, mm-hmm. you know, the situation. So that, that is a beautiful stance, you know, to have before God. We fully know His power, but we trust Him in whatever verdict He brings in, mm-hmm. you know, into our circumstances. And there's a nice little thing, you know, that you know, just we ought to, you know, kind of note as we're noting themes through Scripture. What Nebuchadnezzar is doing here is what God is doing in Genesis chapter one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar is uh, building this imposing image. Uh, you know, most likely as a representation of himself. And he's sitting out on the plain of Dura uh, to remind people in the furthest reaches of the kingdom who it is that is ruling in, in the city of Babylon. And so that's what mm-hmm. the image of Nebuchadnezzar is for, is to remind the people of who's who's in charge. And, of course, in Genesis chapter 1, God also uh, erects an image. And, and the image is, is uh, m- uh, male and female created in his image that he sets in the middle of garden to be a reflection of who he is, and as a reminder, not so much, you know, of uh, who, who's in charge here, but of the glory and the beauty, uh, you know, that our Creator possesses is to be reflected in us, and is to be, you know, an invitation to the world. So what Nebuchadnezzar is doing here is what many kings did: they uh, created something in their image and set it in a distant place to remind people of who they were, and God has done that in us. You got to think, you know, when I think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and you know they've they've been exiles. They've been foreigners. Through their friend Daniel, they've been put in a, a nice position. You know, in a really difficult situation. They they probably don't have it too bad right now. You know, so I, I always man, if I was yeah. in this situation, just, just that idea to just like self preserve and let's just keep this going. We're safe. This was going to be bad. It ended up being not that bad for us. And then they're put in this situation. Where it really, actually, ended up being really good for them. Yeah, yeah. where deaths right in front of them, and. And they choose to honor the Lord, and that's just so wild. But even you know, Jesus picks up on these themes too. Like, you know, these these guys are trying to follow God, and as we try to follow Christ, you know, He even tells us, you know, to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, follow Him. If you want to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for Me, you'll save it. And then even what's it profit you to gain the whole world, yeah. right? And yeah. so they they had so much they and, could and gain. He goes one step behind it. Yeah. If you deny Me in front of men, I will yeah. deny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just crazy. So you do have, yeah, you have, and, and there's so many places, you know, that we're just tempted to die. Just I, I, I could just blend in here. It's not a big deal, uh, but it, uh, uh, you know, it is, it is, it is very important that mm-hmm. we are faithful to the one that is, is faithful to us. Mm-hmm. That's a great picture. That's good. Mm-hmm. good observation. One irony that I caught that was I just love irony. A small irony, but I thought it was a nice touch for um, the writer who wrote this. Did Daniel write this? I don't. And we're, we're we're pretty much guessing that uh, <laughs> this has somehow come from the hand of Daniel. Okay, um, so through the Holy Spirit. But the the, the, the soldiers, the soldiers who tied Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up were the strongest soldiers, some of the strongest soldiers in the army, and then they actually die from the hot flames um, from the fire. So you see the power of God being so much stronger than even the strongest soldiers of the army. And I thought that was cool. And, and of course, I, I, I was remembering the moment, you know, that David Keith brought his grill down here. It was searing steaks for us. And <laughs> he, so he turned the temperature up, you know, seven, seven times, times higher hotter. than it was normally hard. And then he opened the top of it. I thought David was going to be overcome uh, <laughs> by the flames. The Lord preserved me. He, he still, <laughs> to, the, he still to this day does not, smell like smoke, he though. still does not have eyebrows, you know, after, <laughs> after that day. That's a genetic uh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, it is, uh, and and I love you know speaking you know speaking of nice little ironies, 
initially the king is furious, mm-hmm. and then the scripture says he changed his attitude toward him. Promotes him, <laughs> and then you have a then you have a furnace, you know, that's being turned up seven times, and and that's a reflection of the king's anger at the defiance of him being turned up seven times, mm-hmm. and of course he he realizes for the second time, and it, it won't be the last time that uh, there is someone with more power, with more majesty than him. And, and you have to, we, we cannot miss, even though we're, we're kind of out of time here, we, we can't miss, did we not throw in three? Pre-incarnate and, Jesus? And, 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 and now there's a fourth and a very much the, the incarnate presence of the Holy God uh, with them walking with his people. Is that a Christophany? Uh, yeah. Is that what it's called, the fancy word? Well, it's a fourth person in the furnace. <laughs> but <laughs> I like yes, for, some people say that. For sure. Maybe, uh, but it's a fun sit, word to say. There's also the great irony, too, you know, where it says, then what God will be you know, able is to your, Is your irony greater than Katie's irony? I mean, I mean, I mean I want to irony. Irony. I, I just love the foreshadowing and the irony behind, you know, what God will be able to rescue you from my hand. Right. Mm-hmm. And in just a few, you know, just a few moments we're going to see, he, we're going to meet the God, you know, and yeah. Nebuchadnezzar is going to have to ask, how in the world am I going to be rescued yeah. out of his hand? Yeah. And, and of course, if I were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the king says, hey guys, come out of there. I said, ah, come on in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. What yeah. God's going to rescue yeah. you. <laughs> uh, that's so fun. nice. Not Their hair wasn't sensed, and not even smell of smoke on, on them. You know, our God uh, it was a picture of the thorough salvation. Uh, that our God provides, and of course is also a pointer to Christ. Father, we thank you for making yourself known. We thank you that you are, as we discovered yesterday, the God who reveals mysteries. But we thank you for showing yourself to Daniel uh, as a hope for your people in the middle of the, the greatest tragedy that the nation had ever known, the exile in Babylon. We thank you that uh, even though you're we are unfaithful. Your people have always been unfaithful, but you are always faithful to us. And I love the way Paul closes that in his final final letter to Timothy. Even though uh, we are faithless, you remain faithful because you cannot deny yourself. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.